Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for this Lord's Day. And the brisk, cool air of the morning reminds us of the freshness that we have in Christ. That we wake up every morning secure in the Lord Jesus Christ, indwelled by Your Spirit to live out this life that You have called us to, that You have redeemed us for, that You have empowered us to live. And so we thank You for this. We thank You for the opportunity together as Your people and to worship You. This is not only our calling, not only the command that You have given us, but also our privilege. And so we thank You for this. And we do thank You for Your Word, that You have revealed Yourself to us and that we hope in Your Word. And so we pray that as we have continued in this topical study of the Proverbs today, that Your Holy Spirit would guide us and direct us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, uh, on the, the handout you have in front of you, uh, I think that it would be right for us just to do a really quick review of where we were, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before. I want to say a special thanks to Greg Bailey for teaching uh, last week in my, my absence, and so uh, I'm sure it was outstanding, and um, I'm sorry that I missed that, but I, I am thankful to have uh, taken a little uh, time off. Um, where we were last time, a uh, week before last, was the question was asked, who fittingly receives honor? Um, it is right for us to convey honor, and it is right for us and for others to receive honor. And so, as it is discussed in the Proverbs, who fittingly receives honor? Honor, and you may recall that we looked at Proverbs three sixteen and Proverbs eight eighteen, and what we found is the wise, the wise should receive honor. Um, long life is in wisdom. Her right hand in her left hand are riches and honor. The wise will inherit uh, honor, but fools get disgrace. Riches and honor are with me, that is wisdom, enduring wealth and righteousness. And so the, the wise, those who are wise uh, in God, uh, should fittingly receive honor. And as we've talked about before, this is most certainly something that we should uh, note within the church but also, according to God's common grace, we also see that often, uh, unexpectedly perhaps, even in the most pagan of cultures, uh, those who are truly wise, those who are wise according to the economy of God, as we might say, um, are typically honored within a culture, but of course within the church, uh, we should note that we should be active in honoring those who are wise. The second uh, one who should receive honor is the gracious. Proverbs eleven sixteen: a gracious woman gets honor and violent men get riches. And you may recall we spent a little bit of time on that and, and looking at that unique proverb. Uh, but the first part of that, whether it be a woman or a man, those who are gracious should receive honor and do according to God's economy, receive honor. Thirdly, 
the sensible, Proverbs 12, 8, and 9, a man is commended according to his good sense, but one of twisted mind is despised. Better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread. And so the one who is sensible, the one who uh, has a good head about them, we might say, the one that we, we come to when, when everything in, in life seems to be in turmoil and they seem to be a rock-solid, stable force, well, that person, man or woman, should be honored and their sensibility. Number four, the humble. Proverbs 15.33, the fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Uh, before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. And then Proverbs 29, 23, One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. And of course, the idiom there, one who is lowly in spirit, is one who is humble. And so we, we see here the reinforcement of this, that those who are, are humble... Uh, humility both before God, but so also humility in relation to man, they are to be honored and will be honored. And then fifthly, peaceful. Those who are peaceful uh, should be honored. It is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife, but every fool will be quarreling. Proverbs 20 verse 3, uh, one who seeks harmony, one who stays away from the fray. And then number six, the righteous. Uh, the righteous. Proverbs 21, 21 says, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. And so, again, all of these things, as we discussed uh, in our last class, all of, of these uh, we see are not only fitting for honor, but so in God's design will receive honor. Does that mean that uh, those who are, for example, peaceful and righteous will receive uh, honor in the moment? No. Oftentimes that's one of the casualties of this fallen world, isn't it? Uh, those who are unrighteous may within a pagan civilization be honored and, and those who are righteous may be unknown. But we know that those who are, for example, uh, righteous and live a, a righteous life, they may be the very ones who we never notice, right? They may be the quiet one. They may be the one who draw, doesn't draw attention to themselves. They may be the one that are honored but not within a secular perspective. I mean, all of these, we could sit here and just brainstorm for a while and come up with all of a variety of how honor is or is not recognized within a, a culture. But the key for us is, as Christians, to acknowledge and to for sake of redundancy, honor those who are righteous, those who are peaceful, those who are humble, those who are sensible, those who are gracious, those who are wise. We should, by God's grace, be able to recognize it in others and so also acknowledge it uh, among the brethren. Well, that brings us to uh, the conclusion of this topic, and uh, we're just going to look at three topics today, and uh, it is the question on the negative. If those who 
we have discussed are the ones who should receive honor, who should not. Who should not receive honor. And as I've said this before, uh, and this may have, have come as a surprise to many of you, most of the Proverbs are stated in the negative. Uh, meaning that oftentimes we learn uh, as students by the negative being stated so that we may think upon the opposite, right? And, and, and part of that is not only the style of an ancient proverb, but also because a proverb teaches, it also engages the mind, Right? So, if, in other words, if I describe someone who is, is bad, proverbially speaking, you're not supposed to be just obsessing there on the bad, right? Just thinking, oh man, that's right, they're really bad, that's horrible, that bad person. But, but the proverb, the sage would teach us what? As the bad are being described, we are to think about the good. Right? Think about the obvious. How, how in my life may I not fall into that trap? How in my life may I avoid the decisions that that person made that led to that, so forth and so on. And, and that's just the wisdom of, of, the, of, the, of the Proverbs uh, teaching us. So we want to keep that in mind. We're not uh, taught to obsess on the bad, but rather to learn from it. And uh, as is the case with all of the Proverbs, if we're not engaging our minds in the study of the Proverbs, well, why waste your time, right? I mean, the Proverbs require an engagement on our part. All right, so who should not receive uh, who should not receive honor? First of all, the prideful. The prideful. And of course, this is in contrast to the verses that we looked at on humility, right? So I've only included one verse here, Proverbs 25, 27, but you could look back to your notes from two weeks ago and look at Proverbs 15, 33, 18, 12, 22, 4, 29, 23, because it's going to be the inverse, right? So it is not good. This is Proverbs 25, 27. It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. Now, First of all, this is an amazing proverb. And there is so much here in this one little bitty sentence that we could park here for the next 30 to 45 minutes. There's a lot here. Now, we're not going to, but I want to draw out a couple of these things. First of all, it is not good to eat too much honey. What does that mean and why does the, the sage state it this way? First of all, what does it mean? It's not good to eat too much honey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so there is a proverb. We'll start at this. I'll start it this way. There is a proverb that tells us if we eat too much honey, we will do something. You remember what the something is? Yeah, we'll, we'll vomit, right? So that, that's a proverb. I'm not making this up, right? Everybody that knows this, shake your heads, yes. John's not making up a story. We know that. So if you eat too much honey, you will vomit. Well, why, why, why is that? What's, what's, the, what's the point of that proverb? 
That's right. Yeah, so, so on the one hand, that proverb's talking about gluttony, but, but the, the, the sin of gluttony is, in that sense, having too much of a good thing. And so the greater teaching of that is too much of anything that is, is good, except for God's mercy, God's grace, God's truth, God's love. Well, we could go on, right? And materially speaking, uh, anything, too much of a good thing uh, is, is not good, right? So this introduces, it is not good to eat too much honey. So why? Why is it not good to eat too much honey? Well, on the one hand, if you eat too much honey, you could vomit. Um, you could uh, feel bad for the rest of the day. You could, whatever the case is. But what else? It is not good to eat too much honey. So the idea is indulgence, isn't it? Um, there, there is a balance in life. It is good to have something, but if, if we are consistently indulging in something, this is hard for us, incidentally, as Americans. We are famous for indulging ourselves, right? Uh, so we, can, we, would, we would guard against this, and the guard against this is, is, a, is a balance, right? Now, note that... Okay. You're taking too much of, of what, what they might need. Okay. Now, I've never heard that before, but that, that could be an application. Yeah. Yeah, that's the key. The key, the key is the too, the too much. You, you could insert there um, what have you. That's right. So, so the, the, the key word here is uh, to, eat, to eat much or too, too much. And so the point is moderation. And now... What's the other, what's the parallel for the following clause? Nor is it glorious. Now, this is why I think this is a brilliantly stated proverb. The word, note, note the, prov, the sages play upon the word glorious and own glory. Um, this is so brilliantly stated because the sage could have said, nor is it wise, nor is it prudent nor is it, insert any kind of other word related to, to wisdom, but the sage uses the word glorious here. It's a play on words, and incidentally, in the Hebrew, it would have had a, a sense of, you know what I mean by alliteration? It would have had this alliteration, the sound of the same. It would have drawn your attention to it just as, as a good poem in English will. In our case, most of the time in, in English, it's a, it's a rhyme. Our, 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 our ears hear a rhyme and we go, oh, oh, I see the tie-in or something like that. In, in this case, the sage is using alliteration to draw our attention to this, but the truth that we're to be drawn to is the parallel to the first. So if the key to the first clause is too much of anything, the indulgence, the, the attention to moderation, then what is the parallel of the following? Nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. Yeah, so it was not wise for, for Lucifer 
uh, to seek His own glory. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's right. What else? What's the gen- general truth here in parallel to too much of anything is not a good thing? Yeah, there's another proverb that says what? Let another praise you. Paraphrase, not yourself. Why is that? Because to praise one's self is in a sense to boast, glory, look at me, pay attention to me, whatever the the case is. The tie-in here of the first clause is that not only is it unwise, but we would think that in parallel that it might be, well, but maybe there are times where we should seek our own glory. But what the sage is doing here is in parallel, he is stating with hyperbole the problem with seeking one's own glory. Is there anything glorious about you and me other than that we are made in the image of God and if we are redeemed, we are in Christ? Those are indeed glorious points. But beyond that, is there anything glorious about us? In and of ourselves, no, not really, other than we are made in the image of God. But to seek one's own glory is beyond the bounds of moderation, right? And so we see here that the sage is taking the metaphor of eating too much or indulgence and saying, and then there's this. There's something far worse than eating too much honey, making much of yourself. And so the one who makes much of himself has gone beyond the boundaries of moderation, and they are indeed the prideful. So who should not receive honor? Uh, the one who makes much of himself or the one who is prideful. Incidentally, we, we see this as a theme, right? I mean, you can see this in real life. We see this in literature. We see this in history. Is there's, that, there's that character or that person who really wants to be acknowledged, who really wants to be honored, who really wants everyone to make much of them. And oftentimes, at least in in literature, how does that play out? The one who really wants to be honored is often humbled, right? And and so so we see this truth that comes through all the time in the way that God has designed things. Number two, who should not be honored? Well, it shouldn't surprise us, the fool. He or she keeps showing up all the way through Proverbs, don't they? Proverbs 26.1 Like snow in summer or rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Uh, now, to be clear, the first clause, like snow in summer or rain in harvest, is not a description of western Arkansas and eastern Oklahoma. Right? Because uh, we probably know this. Um, but... Uh, like 20 degrees in November. How's that work? I don't know. But uh, like snow and harvest, rain, uh, rain uh, rather snow and summer, rain and harvest, what's the point there? Just not right. 
That's not the way it should work, right? So honor is not fitting for a fool. Well, let's elaborate on that. Let's look at Proverbs 26, 8. Like one who binds the stone in the sling is one who gives honor to a fool. Hmm. Now, what is a stone bound in a sling? Okay, one possibility is is that that it is uh, uh, that the slings bound, like pulled down, perhaps. What's another possibility? Okay, doesn't make sense. One who binds the stone in the sling is one who gives honor to a fool. Okay, well, let me help you out with this. What did David use to kill Goliath? A sling, right? And what did he put in the sling? A stone, right? And how did he use the stone in the sling? A weapon. And how, what would we say about his skill with that weapon? Expertise, right? I mean, if, if you intend to, uh, as uh, not a giant, if you intend to wound a giant, then you must hit him precisely where he is most vulnerable, right? Did David do that? Yes. In fact, he did it so skillfully that Scripture says that the stone sank into his forehead. So he not only put it in the right place, he sent that stone at the precise velocity needed to knock the giant unconscious. Now I'm telling you all of this not just to remind you of your stories in Sunday school, but also to say, but what happens if you put a sling in a stone and it's not someone who is skilled in that way? Like me. What if you put a sling in a stone and say, here you go, John. You go deer hunting this weekend. What is the likelihood that John's going to come back with a deer? Zero. What is the likelihood that John could get hurt? High, right? Yeah, and we're, not, we're, we're, we're talking about, I mean, you can just imagine all the comedy, right? That's why Sydney's laughing. It's like the sling and the stone, boom, wrap it around my neck, around my shoulder, everything. Well, what's the imagery there? The imagery is that is a really bad thing. And what is like that? Like giving honor to a fool. One who is foolish, and when we honor them, that's like putting a loaded gun. If I can bring this into modern terminology, it's like giving a loaded gun to a child who's never held one before. That's bad. That's really, really bad, right? And so, if we think about that in terms of that metaphor, how then could we give honor to a fool? If that's something that we don't know, and if it's as dangerous as handing a loaded weapon to a child, how are ways that we give honor to a fool? I hope we don't. But what are ways? Perhaps in our culture, what are ways that fools are honored? Yeah, Don? Conflict 
right? Yep. Yeah. 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 So maybe if I might rephrase that. So in that example, to give honor to a fool would be to um, uh, set, tell someone that doesn't believe in God that they believe in God. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That might not be the best example. What, 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 what are ways that we give honor to fools? And while you're thinking about it, I'll give you an example. One... Okay, yeah, one, one, one is, is, is uh, voting for a fool. Um, problem in our day and age, right? Since I guess I probably shouldn't say this on recording. I think they're all fools. Uh, oops. Uh, so that's a problem, right? What else? Yeah, one, one possibility is flattery. Um, one, one thing, and this is something that happens in the church, isn't it? Uh, there can be one who should not receive honor, and, well, we, we, we don't want them to feel bad. And, and, and then because we don't want to feel bad, then we, then we tell them things that aren't true. And then we kind of we build them up a little bit and, and give them a, a sort of a confidence in themselves. And isn't that good? Isn't self-esteem a good thing? And before long, the person who shouldn't be honored at all is honored, Right? What else? What are other ways that we, we, we uh, wrongly honor? In addition to flattery and elections. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind goes. And, I'm, I'm, and you gave all of those examples that, that, that we could, uh, you know, write each different tabs. I mean, I think about the example of, and I, so I'm, I'm not on social media and I don't know personalities and names and things like this, so you'll have to bear with me here. Um, but I do know that there are people who are famous for being famous, which we even in our own culture laugh at, right? We make fun of that, and yet they make millions of dollars off of being famous because they're, they're, they're famous. Well, that would be an example, to, to your point, of the extreme example of, of honoring someone that there's no sound reason for them to be, to be honored. Another would be oftentimes we will elevate someone uh, who is uh, void of character, for example. And we may say, yeah, they're, they're an absolute rotten person morally, but you know, wow, they can really play that sport, or they can really play that music, or they can really hold that office and give me the things I want, or whatever the case is. In each one of those examples, we, we, will, we will give honor to that fool when in reality there's no basis for it at all, at least not scripturally speaking, right? What else? How else do we, do we wrongly give honor to a fool? Chris gave us like 12 examples. So now you've got to add 13. Yeah, that would be a good example. Yeah, not, not confronting sin when there, where there's egregious sin uh, within the church that needs to be dealt with and just passing over. That's good. What else? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I'm glad you said it because I'm, I'm sitting here going, that's the low-hanging fruit, right? Everybody gets a trophy uh, world in which we live or pass everybody in, in, in school because that's, that's what, what happens. And, and before, before long, the, the person uh, that's striving the hardest goes, why? What's the reward if everybody gets a trophy? Yeah. Yeah, if you call it Oregon, you probably are going to get kicked out of the church. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not repeating that on video. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is incredible. Yeah. 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 Yeah, good. We'll help you. If you'll just hang around long with us. Yeah, there's all sorts of words. It's creek, by the way, uh, just so you got that. Not creek, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, I, I wanted to, to, to uh, foster discussion on this because I think, and, and I not, didn't know about those examples, but there are so many examples where we see over and over and over again where we, where we give honor, and we, we really don't think of it that way. Uh, maybe it's because we're, we're thinking about in the most extreme examples. Um, you know, J.D. gave the example of Lucifer. I mean, clearly... That, that is, that is the, 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 the grand example of, of pride, right? There's nothing that's, that's more prideful than, than that. But oftentimes below that in sort of the gray areas of life like education or children's sports or things like this, it's very easy for us to, to dismiss this. And I think that, <clears throat> that the Christian who is indeed given the gift of wisdom and who seeks by the power of the Holy Spirit to develop wisdom within us, these are things that we need to work through, right? Ask the hard questions, not only of ourselves, but I have to ask the hard questions of how we see the world. And am I, by what I'm doing and what I'm conveying, am I giving honor to someone who uh, is uh, not deserving of that honor? Number three, the boastful. The boastful. And I realize that this is uh, somewhat of a redundancy uh, from the section on, on pride and uh, in the previous section on humility. But there are a couple of verses in Proverbs that deal specifically with this. And we're, we're talking about here uh, those who, who verbally uh, boast. Proverbs 27.2, let another praise you. Yeah, this is the one we were talking about just a minute ago. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. What is the problem with boasting? In addition to the fact that it, it, it can lead to sin. But what, what is the problem with boasting in general? If you read into this proverb... Or pro- what are inherent problems? Yeah. 
Yeah, in, in one sense, it can, in, it can lead to idolatry, right? Uh, the, isn't that the, next to entertainment, isn't that the great American God, us, um, ourselves? And, and so it's very evil, e- easy in boasting. Boasting can become, to J.D.'s point, boasting can become a form of self-worship. And so it's breaking the second commandment. What else? What are other inherent problems in boasting? Yeah, it's a real turnoff, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if we want to build relationships with people, boasting in ourselves is probably not the best way to go about that, right? I mean, again, how many of us have been around someone who can't stop talking about themselves? How quickly do you want to get away from that person? Like nanoseconds? You just can't wait, Right? Another inherent problem uh, with boasting is, and this is to speak of it uh, perhaps more analytically, is we're not objective about ourselves, are we? Do I see myself clearly? You know the expression blind spots? You know what I mean by that? What, what, what is a, what's a blind spot? Uh, uh, okay well uh is he riding home with you today oh you're driving oh good (laughs) Uh, in, in ourselves what are blind spots figuratively speaking right That's, that's right. Yeah, there, there, there are areas in ourselves that we don't see or we don't see clearly or we don't see objectively and other people do see it, right? Now, most of us don't have any blind spots, do we? <laughs> right? I mean, we all have blind spots. And so, in analytically speaking, uh, again, just, just from, from, from a, a, a real-life standpoint, boasting is just absolutely stupid because we have blind spots. We don't see ourselves objectively. We don't see ourselves the way that, that, that we should and, and so uh, when, when we say, you know, for, for example, you know, well, I, I, I am a wise person, or I, by virtue of my age, have gotten to the point where you need to listen to me, well, what's the problem with that? Well, the, the problem is, is that that vanity has already shown you something about that person, right? You can't trust them. And so this boasting, this idea of of promoting oneself, specifically verbally then, leads to all kinds of problems, but to our topic, is not worthy of honor. And then Proverbs 27, 21. The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and a man is tested by his praise. Wow. Okay, so first of all, what, 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 what is the first part? The crucible is for silver, the furnace is for gold. What's that talking about? Yeah, who said that? Yeah, refinement. Somebody back there. Yeah, refinement. And um, thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate you giving that. Because you could have risen your hand written and said, no, that was me. But you're going to pass it on. Okay, good. 
Well, whoever said it back there, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's talking about metallurgical refinement, refinement, right? So how is, I'm echoing, how is praise used in refining? How are we tested by praise? Yeah, and what, what's the inherent problem with the handling? Exactly, that's right. Not going to let Chris pass you up, are you? Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't want to let him get the, the big head, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, when, 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 when we receive praise, right? I mean, this is, this is just instantly, I'll chase this rabbit for just a second because we have this discussion at the Clayton House because we like sports, and so, because we like sports, within American sports, most certainly, there are these personalities, and sometimes these personalities can seem bigger than life. And so, all of a sudden, in your household, you're talking about a certain quarterback at a certain team down in Florida who just went through a divorce from his certain wife who used to be a model, not mentioning names, of course. And, you see, and, every, and, and we're all like, well, how's that happen? How does that work? And then all of a sudden you think, wow, well, what if you made that kind of money? What if everybody was always telling you how incredible you were? You're a Hall of Fame person. What if everybody was constantly heaping praise and honor upon you because of your athletic ability? It would be really hard to be grounded, wouldn't it? It'd be really hard to see life really the way life is, wouldn't it? You would be jaded, I think. And so, what's the, pro- the sage's point? <laughs> Let's pray, and we'll go, right? <laughs> well, in addition to that, yeah. Yeah, so taking that, that it's all a gift from God, how would that help, that, that mentality, how would that help us when we're praised by others? <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, again, the Apostle Paul, so we're, we're quoting Paul now, so we'll add, add to this, is when he's explaining to the church, he says, well, I planted, what, what was it, Apollos? I planted, Apollos watered, and... God gave the increase, right? And so his direction is he's, he's saying, yeah, we, we did this, but, but, but we're not the ones who do it, per se. And, and it's that same idea. The, the point is this, is that we are all going to, at some point in life, be praised for something we do, whether it, it is skill or whatever the, the case is. And the test to use the the sage's terminology, the test is that we do not receive that praise out of of proportion. That we receive it, acknowledge it, 
thankful for it and direct the praise and acknowledgement where it belongs, right? Where the Lord, the Lord is the one who gives the increase, and so we take it to the Lord. And <clears throat> when we don't do that, then the problem is carried forward with my example. We become jaded, we see ourselves wrongly, we don't see ourselves for truly who we are, and we see things in a wrong light. Well, we're... Yeah, it, well, it is, especially for, for people that are acknowledged by people. I mean... It, <laughs> True. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the praise, the praise can be self-praise. That's a good point. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Reggie was a believer too, wasn't he? You correct him, I'm wrong. Yeah. 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 Yeah, good point. Yeah, well, we're not helpless or hopeless. We just need to be wise and aware that that is, that is the problem. And it's a temptation. Let me pray for us. This has been good discussion. Our God in heaven, we thank you that ultimately the wisdom that you give is a gift from you and that you, by your Holy Spirit, have given us Christ, who is wisdom embodied. And so we pray that you would help us to <clears throat> seek your wisdom, seek wisdom from above, that we would humble ourselves, that we would look consistently to the gospel. Look to the strength that you give us in Christ. And may we indeed be recipients of the honor that comes only being in Christ, that eternal honor that we will share forever and ever in the new heaven and the new earth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.